Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy of Membership podcast. Thanks for popping in for this episode. Organizations often come to me with a single question on their mind. Is there a right way to do this? Is there a right way to talk about our membership with new prospects? Is there a right way to structure benefits? Is there a right way to get members to upgrade from free to paid? Is there a right way to set up our application? Is there a right way to onboard new members? Is there a right way to send the renewal invoices? Is there a right way to handle renewals? And it goes on and on and on. So let me start with a quick story. Recently, my husband and I went on our annual vacation with the Jeep Club. Typically, during these trips, club members will rent a large house through Airbnb or VRBO, and we split the cost. It's a great way to continue enjoying the camaraderie of the trip as we wind down after our days out on the off-road trails. On this particular trip, one of the other wives and I were cleaning up after dinner when I noticed that she loaded the dishwasher with the cutlery pointing up. My brain immediately went, oh, ouch, that's really going to slice up someone's hand if they absentmindedly reach into, unload the dishes, and they don't notice those knife blades. I commented to my friend that we always loaded the knives with the sharp point down for that reason. And she responded, in their family, they always load the knives up because they don't want the blades to cut through the bottom of the holder on the dishwasher. Two totally valid reasons to explain why we do things in completely opposite ways, right? For both of us, our way of doing this common, everyday task was the way that we've always done it. It's the way that it's been done in our home thousands of times, without question. It's the way that we've taught our children to do it, and it's the way that our grown children probably do it in their homes as well. I haven't really asked my daughter (laughs) since she got married. Does she load the dishes, dish cutlery, up or down? I'll have to check with her sometime. Membership organizations have everyday practices that are a lot like this too. There are likely things that you do in certain ways because you were told at one time that it was the right way to do it. Perhaps your predecessor taught you when a task was being handed off to you. 
Perhaps you've seen other organizations do it that way, and you assumed that was the right way to do it. Perhaps members seem to expect it to be done that way. Chances are, you'll likely teach the person who comes behind you to do it that way as well. As long as it's working for you, it's unlikely that you'll ever even stop to think, is this the right way that I should be doing this? But it's when something doesn't work, or it stops working, or it feels harder than it should, or someone new comes along to question it, that's when we pause and cue up the question, is this the right way to do this? If that's where you are, questioning if something about your practices are the right way to do something, here's what I suggest. So when you're curious about how your organization's practices stack up against those of others, doing some benchmarking, even informally, can give you valuable insights. Benchmarking is the process of comparing your organization's performance against others in your industry, or even not directly in your industry. If another type of association has a membership retention rate that's much higher than yours, it might be worth taking a peek at how they do that. There are a few different ways to go about benchmarking your association. One option is to use publicly available data, such as financial reports or membership surveys that have been published on an organization's website. Another option is to look through formal studies that are done by research firms or consultants. These studies typically involve collecting data from a large number of organizations and then analyzing and summarizing the results. The American Society of Association Executives has some benchmarking reports that are available. Marketing General has one that comes out every year. I've also seen several from membership software companies like Wild Apricot, Your Membership, Community Brands. Just Google for Association Benchmark Study or Nonprofit Benchmarking, and you'll probably see quite a few options pop up. Here are a few areas that you might want to explore through benchmarking. Your financial performance, membership growth, governance practices, educational offerings, communication strategies, technology adoption, advocacy efforts, fundraising campaigns, event planning and execution, or even volunteer management. What I think you'll discover as you undertake this exploration of membership practices is what I've learned over my 17 years of being in this business. There simply is no single right way to do things. There are only options to try that may work beautifully for one organization, but fizzle out for you, or might be a dud at some other organization, but be the best thing that you've ever done in yours. Part of the fun, at least to me, in running a membership organization is having the flexibility to try out new ideas, to see if those ideas are going to be a right fit for you. 
Now, if you'd like some outside perspective in your exploration, that's why I'm here. Together, we can look at what is working for you and where there are practices that might be due for an upgrade. And I'll certainly share my experiences working with clients and seeing behind the scenes of hundreds of membership organizations over the years. You can jump on my calendar for a consult at joyofmembership.com slash consult. I will be delighted to connect. In the meantime, hop on over to LinkedIn and make sure that you and I are connected and drop a message there to let me know if there are things that your organization has completely changed around because you discovered a new way that worked better than the old way, something that is now the right way for you to do things. I'd also be really curious to hear if you load the dishwasher with the sharp side up or the sharp side down. Be sure to tell me what reason you have for doing it the way that you do, because I'd love to know how my family's practices benchmark against yours. That brings us to a close. I'll be back in exactly seven days with a new topic. In the meantime, take care. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech. Joyofmembership.com slash tech. T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.